0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لله رب العالمين على شرف Muhammadur Sallallahu <laughs> الله صلى الله عليه وسلم From abadu, my brothers and sisters and elders, we are standing on the threshold of Ramadan al-Kareem. we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us Ramadan al Perfect health and iman and plenty of spare time and the tawfiq to use that productively and intensely to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not to waste it. Allah Allah knows best, maybe in one day from now or maybe two days from now we will be in Ramadan inshallah. So I thought, let me remind myself and you about one extremely, extremely important thing before we enter Ramadan, right? For example, in this masjid, the plan is that maybe tomorrow, or most likely tomorrow, because tomorrow is Jummah also. So, before Taravi, before Juma, this masjid will be given a, alhamdulillah, it is clean, but it will be made super clean. So, this is the idea, completely clean everything, right? So, therefore, we need to do something like that before Ramadan, and that is to clean our hearts. Let us not enter Ramadan with our hearts dirty. Just like you don't want to enter Ramadan with your house dirty or with your masjid dirty, you will make special effort to clean it. Similarly, we need to clean our hearts. What is the meaning of cleaning the heart? Cleaning the heart is to remove from it all grudges, all ill-feeling, all bad-feeling, all negative-feeling, all anger, all hatred for anybody. No matter who did what to us, let us remember that whatever happened to me is less than what happened to Wasallam, And he forgave those who did it to him. So what prevents me when I call myself the one of the Ummah of Rasulullah, that I am unable to do that. Why do I hold a grudge? Holding a grudge, holding anger about somebody, holding negative feeling about somebody is like holding a red-hot burning coal in your hand. Who does it burn? You. The other one is sleeping peacefully at home. The one it burns is us. Let me give you, let me tell you two stories. One from the Quran, one from the Sunnah. The story from the Sunnah narrated by Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. He was known to be a great zahid, very, very great worshiper of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Frequent fasting, spending the whole night in salah, and so on and so forth. Reading a lot of Quran, very, very pious individual. He narrates. He said that we were sitting with Rasulullah Sallallahu one day, and he said, Sallallahu Alaihi that a man is going to enter from this door, and he is from the people of Jannah. Now, in one narration, the name is given as Anhu. whoever it was. So this person entered. Second day, same thing, Rasulullah said, a man will enter from this door and he is from the people of Jannah. And the same person entered. And the third day, the same thing happened. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, a man will enter and he is from the people of Jannah, and the same person entered. Now Abdullah ibn Yamar ibn Aswad. Became very, very curious. He said, what is this? I do all of the ibadah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi never mentioned anything about me being from Jannah. But this man, who is this man? What is it he is it he's doing? Maybe he has got some secret wazifa. he is praying in the night or God knows what, right? So he went to him and he said, can I be your guest? Can I come and stay with you? He said, come. So he spent three days with him. And day and night he was watching him. So in the daytime, whatever they were doing, they were doing. In the night, he saw that this person did not do anything special. He did what was usual with the Sahaba. They would pray Isha in the masjid with wasallam. then they would go home, they would go to sleep. Yeah, they would eat their food or whatever, they would go to sleep. And then in the night, they would wake up for taj a little bit, they would pray. And then they would go for Salatul Same, same routine, nothing special. Three days passed. At the end of three days, Abdullah ibn Niamar ibn he said, he said to the Sahabi, he said, the reason I came to stay with you is because, this is what Rasulullah said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave a Bashara to you about you being a person from Jannah, so I wanted to learn from you. I said, let me see what is it you are doing, which I can also do, but I came and I saw and I did not, Alhamdulillah, your life is good, but what is it special you do? I could not see anything different from what everybody does. This sahabi said, Wallahu alam, why Rasulullah sallallahu gave this Bashar about me? Alhamdulillah, this is a good thing. But the only thing I do which you could not have seen because I do it inside myself. He said, what is that? He said, before I go to sleep, I forgive everybody. And during the day, if I have harmed somebody, if I believe I have, I have hurt somebody, I seek forgiveness. So I make the, that I do in the day and in the night I forgive everybody. I settle my accounts, I, my heart is clean. Right? Now this is so powerful and so pure that Rasulullah gave him the Bashar of Jannah. The reason is that this is the reason why our Ummah today we are divided and scattered all over the world. Because our egos are bigger than our bodies. We are quick to take offense. Uh, we say, how is this person? How can he? This person did not give me the izad? I am here, I am this great sheikh, I am this elder, I am whatnot, my beard is white, uh, I wear a big turban, and this, this uh, kid here, he does not say, Salaam alaikum to me. Inna lillahi wa nalajum. Whose duty is it to say? What is Salaam alaikum? It is dua, right? So, whose duty is it to give dua? For the younger one to give dua to the older one, or for the older one to give dua to the younger one? Which, who, whose, whose job is it? Whose privilege is it? Who gives dua? Elders or youngest? Youngsters. So if you are the elder, really you should be giving dua to others. Say, say, Salam The younger the person, you say, Salam for It is your, it is my privilege. It is my privilege that I must do dua for my children, grandchildren, whoever it is. I mean, not my direct one, but whoever. It is my job. So why do I feel offended? Just think about this. Ask yourself, who am I? I am the one who, when my existence was established, both my mother and father took a shower, they took a bath. Eh? When my existence was established, both my parents took a bath, they took a shower. And when I die, they are going to bathe me. And then they will put me in the khabar. When I was born, I had no name. If I had died two days, three days, four days after I, I was born, they would have said, Dr. Anwar Beg's child died. No name. When I die, when I am brought, when my body is brought for the Sadatul janaza, what will they say? Bring the body. They will say, move the body. Will they say, bring uh, our brother Yawar put?" No, no, no. no Yawar Beg is gone. Khalas. The name is finished. Bring the body, bring the janaza. Huh? So, what, what is this izzah we are looking for? Somebody who's, who was born in Najasat and whose name wasn't there and whose name will disappear the minute I stop breathing, I will have no name. My existence itself is not there. I have izzah. Inna lizzata lillahi <laughs> jami'ah. Inna lizzata lillahi wali rasuli jami'ah. I have no hisa. What is it? I have answer if Allah, if my Rab gives me answer, not because I demand answer. So what is this ego? This is what. This is the root cause of all the bad feeling we have with our friends and our brothers. He said this. She said that. They should have done this. This inna wa inna raju. Second story. From the Quran, first four ayat of Suratul mujadila eh? The Sahabiya Khawla bint Salaba, radiyallahu anha. She was much younger than her husband. Husband was Aus bin Samit al anhu. He was one of the Badrīyin. He was he, he fought in the Battle of Badr. One of the great Sahaba of Nabi Sallam. But he was an elderly man he had a bad temper. so one day they had some altercation. he got angry with his wife and he said to her, they used to have a custom among the Arabs in the days of jahiliya they used to they used to have this custom called zihar so they would say you are the 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 man would say to the woman to the woman to his wife, "You are like the back of my mother." so now she is In limbo, she is neither divorced nor she is not. not, not, Nor is she, you know, or nor is the is the marriage correct. And uh, horrible thing it was. So he got angry. He said he said this to her. You are like the back of my mother. And he walked away. After some time, he came back, and he wanted to have a relationship with her. She said no way. She said you are not touching me. You, you said this to me. You are not going to touch me. And I am going to Nabi Sallam to complain and let Allah decide. So she narrated this whole thing. So she said that I went to my friend's house, I borrowed a cloak, I went to Rasulullah. Sallam. She said I sat before Rasulullah Sallam and I said to him, I told him the story. I said, Ya Rasulullah, this is the story. This husband of mine, and he was her cousin actually. So he said, she said, This was my husband of mine has said this and I am very upset. So Rasulullah tried to pacify her. He said, do you know, I, 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 cool down, sort of, you know, I have it have, have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She said no, she said yeah, not not no not no to what Nabi Sallallahu saying, but he said no, this has to be decided. And then she said, suddenly Rasulullah went like this He like, like as if he is in a daze and she said I knew he was receiving wahi because that, that is the state he would be in if he is receiving wahi she said when the wahi finished he revived and he said to me Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed Quran about you huh what days must have been uh, imagine what people what days that's so why when we read the Quran think about this this is the living kalam of this is Allah Ta'ala speaking Jalla Jalalu. the Sahaba used to go and tell Nabi Sallallahu their story and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala would reply on a side note, Aisha Siddiqa says about the same incident. She says, This lady came, she was talking to us. She said, I was in the next room. I very carefully tried to listen to what she was saying. But she spoke so softly because she is speaking to the Rabbi. She is speaking with great adab. She said, She spoke so softly. I could not hear what she was saying. But her Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu heard on his Arsh. Above the seventh heaven. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayat of Surah Al-Mujadila. First ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that Allah has heard. This lady who was pleading, arguing with you, Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And this custom of Zihar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade it. He said the mother is the one who bore you. Nobody else can be your mother. You can say whatever you want. That is not... That is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like this. Allah dislikes this. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the punishment, the penalty to escape the punishment, the kafara for this is to release a slave. Now think about the situation. She has come here to complain and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is accepting her complaint. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying she has a right. Yes, she is correct. No, her husband is wrong and husband will be punished. Yeah? How happy she should be. And she should say, good, very good. Let him get it in the neck. Eh? So, Allah, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, so tell your husband, release a slave. What does she say? She said, Ya Rasulullah. He has no money. He has no slaves. How can he release a slave? Then Nabi Sallallahu wa says, then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, fast for 60 days. Continuously, consecutively, she said, "Ya Rasulullah, he is an old man." Huh? See the heart. See the heart. All the anger she had gone for us finished. Did at this point did Ausbin Samit apologize to her? Hey? Did he come and say, "I am very sorry"? No, he is not there at all. He said what he had to say, he was, he is in his house. She is here with Nabi Sallallahu He did not apologize to her, nothing. Does he regret what he said? We don't know. Just the fact that this husband of mine, he said what he had to say, now he is in trouble. See the heart. All her anger is gone. Yeah, Rasulullah, he doesn't know. How can he fast? He is an old man. He cannot fast for 60 days. Nabi sallallahu wa said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, then feed 60 people. She said, "Yeah, Rasulallah, he has no money. How will he feed 60 people? Now see the, see the Nabi sallallahu eh? See his heart. He said, I have one farak of dates. Eh? 60 people was, was supposed to be fed by one wasaq of dates. Whatever measure it was. Nabi sallallahu wa sallam said, I have got half of that, so I will give you half. Here is a here is a dispute between two people Not related to Why why is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Spending his money to pay off somebody's debt He said I will give half What does she say She says, Ya Rasoola, I have faraq of debts myself I have got half of the I will give this She goes to complain about her husband And she is paying his fine Huh? What happened to these hearts? How did we inherit hearts like ours? And we cannot forgive anybody. We carry the grudge. Eh? Years pass. Brother will not see the face of his brother. Children will not see the face of their parents. Friends will not see the face of their friends They say salam They will not say walaikum salam The brother's children See how the poison spreads I have seen a situation Where one brother's children Will not say salam To the am They will not say salam To the uncle So not only Is this generation poisoned, You are poisoning the next generation also Inna Lillahi wa Inna How will the help of Allah come? How will the help of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala come? There are many hadiths related to different things, but they come with this with this caveat to say that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, "I will forgive everyone except the one who does not, who has bos, who has this grudge in his heart against his brother until they settle." Until that is clean, they are in limbo, they will not be forgiven. And we know the hadith where Rasulullah ﷺ said, It is in- illegal, it is impermissible, it is unlawful for one Muslim not to speak to another Muslim, to turn away from his brother for more than three days. And if he does it for more than three days and he dies, then he will be in Jahannam. May Allah protect us from this. How terrible is that? The reason I'm saying this to my brothers and sisters and elders, we are coming into Ramadan. Let us not enter Ramadan with our heart full of this garbage. Clean out the garbage. Whatever it is. Remember, whatever anyone did to you is less than what they did to the Prophet ﷺ. Nobody stoned you. Nobody brought the entrails of a camel and put it on your neck. Nobody maligned you. Nobody character assassinated you. Nobody killed your children. Nobody killed the closest and dearest friends of yours. None of this happened to any of us. Yes, may Allah protect us. At the most, somebody was so-called disrespectful to what? Somebody was disrespectful to a drop of sperm. Somebody was disrespectful to like sheikhs as a moving toilet. Yeah, that's a nice uh, simile, right? Who are you? I'm a moving toilet. <laughs> Seriously. Please clean your hearts. Clean your hearts. And whoever you know in the community who is carrying a grudge against somebody, please go talk to them. Most welcome. Send them this, this recording which will come to you. If they don't forgive you, you ask them to forgive you. You ask them. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying you have to ask them every day. At least one time you ask them. And if you have, if you have forgiven somebody, you don't have to go and I have forgiven you. You don't need to say that. But say salaam to them. And you meet them. Salaam alaikum. Till now you have not said it, say it. Right? But please, do not, do not enter Ramadan with your heart full of bad feeling about another Muslim. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open your hearts and fill your hearts with His noor. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill your hearts with hope of Rasulullah Wasallam. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your hearts pure and shining and as close to the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu wa Sallam as possible. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your heart soft. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your heart soft. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove all the harshness and hardness from your hearts and, and to expand your hearts and make them big so that they are filled with kindness and compassion and mercy for all the world, the Muslim and the non-Muslim, whoever it is. We, Allah sent us to, to, to take from Him His treasures. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give, give you from His treasures and to use your hands to give to the rest of the world. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make you His agents in this world to spread His barakah. And his goodness and his treasures to all his creatures. And to give you the reward of that, of spreading that all over the world.